Well, hello. Welcome back to Habit Helps, a podcast of Creekside Community Church in San Leandro, California, where we talk about how habits build you and about how you can build better habits. My name is Jeff Bruce. I'm one of the pastors here. I'm joined by another pastor here, the pastor who always joins me, or almost always, and that's my dad, John Bruce. Dad, how you doing? I'm doing good. Just got got here from fighting the plumbing wars, and uh, it's it's good to be away. <laughs> <laughs> Did you win? We won. We 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 uh, dominated. But uh, it's great. You won the battle. We won the battle. But the yeah. war goes on. The war goes. It is a never ending war. Yeah, that's true. That's why plumbers get paid a lot of money. That's right. So, uh, as I know, as I well know. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> You know, Dad, in terms of the sports season, this is my favorite, one of my favorite times of year, because the NBA is uh, just starting, Yeah, and hope springs eternal, or falls eternal, as the uh, case may be. But it's great, because just when the Niners are starting to do bad, the Warriors start to look promising. Yeah. So it kind of evens out my, yeah. my, my emotional outlook for That's sports. That's right. That's right. It can double your pleasure, or it can double your disappointment. <laughs> That's true. Well, we're all about doubling your wisdom here right. on the, on the right. uh, podcast, and we're going to continue our series on wisdom that we've entitled Smart People, What Proverbs Teaches About Building Habits. Proverbs is the Bible's wisdom book. It's the Bible's habit book, because biblical wisdom is skill in living. It's about the small daily decisions that we make to cultivate a, li- a wise life. So, Proverbs gives us lots of guidance on how to build habits, on what particular habits we should build. So we've been talking about Proverbs and what kind of habits we should build to become wise people. And today, Dad, we're talking about reputation. Right. Not the 2017 Taylor Swift album, (laughs) Reputation. Not about Taylor's reputation. We're talking about your (laughs) reputation, listeners, and why a good reputation matters. So Proverbs talks a lot about a good name. Yes. Building a good name. Dad, where do you want to start with this topic? Well, just to kick it off, Proverbs 22.1 says, a good name is to be more desired than great wealth. Um, favor is better than silver and gold. And so yeah, just to ask, which would you rather have, a million dollars or the respect and admiration of everybody who knows you? And Solomon says, that's an easy decision, that, that, that respect and admiration is far more important than how much is in your checkbook? Um, and so, fortunately, uh, Proverbs gives us some great instructions on how to get that that good reputation, that favor. Honor is is like happiness; it's not something that can be pursued directly. It's more the result of the decisions we make, the actions we take. So it's a byproduct. And so, I think that just to say right off, the the, the Bible is pretty clear. Our our ambition is to please God, not to please men. And so that honor can become an unhealthy thing if it predominates. So I just want to have everyone think well of me. Then, right. I, But as a byproduct, Proverbs tells us, here are the things, if you do these things, you will have favor. You will have a good reputation. In fact, I think Proverbs 25 is built around that theme of honor and just tells us how how to be honored by people, how to have a good reputation, how to be respected. Hmm. Yeah, so Proverbs would say uh, social capital is more valuable than material capital. Right. That, that ultimately it's the, the reputation you have with others, their respect and honor of you is of far greater value 
than whatever's in your bank account. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And I like that point that it's a result, not a purpose, that it's a byproduct of living a life pleasing to the Lord and not a purpose. Because inevitably, if you pursue honor from others, you are either going to succumb to pride or to people pleasing. Yes. Um, Yeah. And... And it's interesting. The irony of that is, if you if you live your life to please people, um, people actually stop respecting you. Yes, be, because they they see that you don't have convictions. Yeah, yeah, you're not respectable. No, and so you're not going to be respected. Right. Yeah. So good. Let's talk a little bit more. Then you say Proverbs twenty five is the is the go to text. I think so. I think most of the most of the proverbs in Proverbs twenty five are are tell us around the area of, of how to be an honorable person. Yeah. And uh, the first area, the first seven verses, which I'd like to just focus on this morning, um, is just, uh, I think, overall, you could say, pursue excellence and not fame. One thing I've, I've noticed in one of my guilty pleasures is watching American Idol. But you can, you can kind of divide American Idol candidates into two groups. Yeah. One, want to be famous. The other love music, hmm. and and how they pursue their craft differs. In the idols and the idolaters. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so I think um, smart people pursue excellence, not fame. Hmm. And fame is just a, a byproduct of that. Hmm. So uh, Proverbs twenty five says, if if you want to be honored, be honorable. Hmm. If if you want to be praised, then be praiseworthy. And that's kind of the idea of, of the first seven verses here. Um, so the first thing I, I see here is, is uh, Solomon says, if you want to be honored, become an expert in your field. Hmm. And he says, these also are the Proverbs of Solomon, which the men of Hezekiah, king of Judah, transcribed. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. Hmm. What do you think that means? I think it means that part of being made in the image of God is um, to search out what God has put into the world. Yes. And it's uh, it's part of ruling and having dominion over the world. Yes. Is that God hasn't explained everything to us. Right, right. And, and, and so part of our insatiable curiosity is built into us by God yeah. that, that we have to go figure it out. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and that's actually God who's put that thing into us. Exactly. To, to, that desire for mastery. Yeah, yeah. Now, God is glorified by hiding his plans. Man is glorified by searching out and discovering, figuring out things that other people haven't figured out, finding yeah. the truth. And you can really see this in Solomon, uh, in First Kings four twenty nine through thirty four, now God gave Solomon wisdom and very great discernment and breadth of mind, like the sand of the seashore. And Solomon's wisdom surpassed the wisdom of all the sons of the east and all the wisdom of Egypt. He was far wiser than all men, and he lists a bunch of wise wise guys as Solomon. Was. But he, <laughs> but he just said he he spoke of trees from the cedar that is in Lebanon to the hyssop that grows on the wall. He spoke also of animals and birds, creeping things and fish. And so Solomon had a, a, a breadth of knowledge that he yeah. pursued. Um, and so now he's speaking from experience that is the glory of, of kings is to search out a matter to know things. Mm-hmm. 
And so God, uh, so people are, are honored uh, by discovering things other people don't know. And that's why we go to counselors and teachers and, and consultants and experts, because we need to know what they know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and wisdom, to me, it's, it's not just a data dump of you've just acquired all this knowledge. It's an ability to sift knowledge and discern priorities yeah. such that you can speak to a situation. Yes, um, yes. Yeah, I know. It's not just becoming an AI, you know, right. of just having all information at your fingertips, but it's able to see a situation and see the variables in play. Yeah. And and know how people will react, know what the priorities are, know what the goals are, and then chart a course forward right. that is clear. Yes. And and that takes practice. Yes. And it's usually a course that is different from other people. Mm-hmm. Because you're unwilling to copy other people to to be safe. Well, this is the way other other people in my field do it, or here's the mm-hmm. way other churches do it, or or whatever. But it's really taking the time to figure out. Well, here's the problem, or here's the need. So how can we how can we meet that? Right. And and going through the hard work of figuring things out mm-hmm. rather than just the easy way of just doing it the way everybody else does it. Yeah, I mean that sounds really cool. What does that have to do with reputation? Well, <laughs> Solomon said it. Yeah, it's the glory of kings. Yeah, it's the glory of kings. Right. Yeah. So, so we it's it's a way to if if you want honor with other people, uh, you gotta you gotta have mastery in some right. area. Yeah. Right. I see my friend Bill Petro, who many years ago graduated with a degree in history. Yeah. From from Cal, and at the time, I thought, what a useless degree. You know, what are you going to do with that? And Bill went into the uh, technical field and and with computers and. Things like that, but he kept his interest in history, yeah. and has been a historian all of his life, always seeking out, searching. And he started a podcast many, many years ago. Not a podcast, a, a, uh, a, a blog. A blog. Remember yeah. those? Yeah, yeah. A blog about history, and he's just maintained it. And he's got so much information on that, of just historical stuff that nobody else knows about. And he's just made it in an easy, and he's. You know, I just think it's really he's he's a well-respected historian now as a result of making that his hobby. Yeah, I I, I like it because part of mastery is you just have to love learning. Yeah, and, and love discovering things. Yeah, and, and and build that muscle in you over time. That's one right. of the best commencement speeches I ever heard was, uh, you know, it was at Cal, and I forget who the guy is, but the point he made was great. He said, "You've now you've learned how to learn." Yeah. You haven't actually mastered anything. Right. You've just learned how to learn. So now go cultivate this skill in other areas. Right. Now that you you have the tools to do it. Right. And I and I think that is uh, such a marker of um, wisdom is that people are just there. It, it's it gets back to what we talked about at the very beginning. They they continually seek wisdom. Yes. They're not satisfied with where they are, or that they've got it figured out the best way to do something. Right. They're they're always eager to acquire new information or insight. Right. And I think that, you know, if you want favor in the job market or anywhere else in relationships, you've got to be that kind of person. Exactly. Otherwise, you become the broken record. Yeah. And people just know exactly what you're going to say in every situation and kind of your take. Yeah. And it's more about, you know, here's the know-it-all than it is about someone who's really seeking the best solutions to something. Right. And yeah. and they sound like everybody else. Yeah, they're parroting uh, the one person that they listen to all the time or exactly. hear or the one take that they constantly go to. Exactly. Um. Yeah, and it's, it gets back to the, the Tim Keller point, point that if you read one author, you'll sound like one author. If you yeah. read 100 authors, you begin to sound like yourself. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So again, if you want to be, if you want to be honored, 
you want a good reputation, become uh, an expert in your field. Yeah. Just uh, second um, is is surround yourself with good people. Take away the dross from the silver, and there comes out a vessel for the smith. Take away the wicked from before the king, and his throne will be established in righteousness. So again, Solomon is preparing his son in Proverbs to become king. Mm -hmm. And so that's why there's a lot of verses on kings, but essentially saying that the people we associate with will determine the success of our endeavors and our reputation. Um, So Solomon uses the picture of a silversmith. If you you, uh, take away the dross, that is that which is not silver, from the metal, you melt it down, you skim off the impurities, off the surface, uh, you'll have a precious, a precious vessel. Um, in the same way, if a king gets rid of the wicked people that are surrounding him, uh, his throne will be established. He, his government will will endure. Yeah. Unfortunately, Solomon's son Rehoboam didn't take his advice. Surrounded himself with a bunch of idiots, and <laughs> and the, and the king just was, found the bros. And, That's what he did. Yeah, and the like, king and the kingdom was divided. Yep. Uh, so, uh, so this doesn't mean to avoid people whose lifestyles are inconsistent with your values, because Jesus said, you know, uh, that he uh, was called the friend of sinners, and and he associated. But it is your close associates should be people who want the same things as you and are are honorable people themselves. Yep. Um, so, I think it's finding people who raise you, lift you. What do you think about that? Friendships have to be aspirational in some level. Yeah. There has to be something about the other person's life that you think, I I admire that, and I'm not there yet. Yeah, yeah. And at some level, they have to have a skill, a trait, possess something. Um, otherwise, it becomes kind of a one-directional relationship where you're always the one listening, you're always the one kind of trying to raise the person up, come alongside, but, uh, you know, iron has to sharpen iron. Exactly. Right? And so you need you need something in a, in a friendship that's aspirational. Yeah. And I can think of all my closest friendships. There are skills, there are qualities that my friends have that I think I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet, and I want to get to where you're at. Yeah. And so I want to be around you. There has to be that kind of draw. Yeah. Um, just like great athletes, you know, create great cultures where you're pushed to get better, and there's a there's a, a good gravitational pull. You know, it's not downward; it's upward. Yeah, and yeah. Um, and so no, I think I think that's key. Yeah, um, and what that means, and it gets back to our podcast about friendship, is you have to be selective with friendship. Yeah, <laughs> friends are not just whoever happens to be close to you in your life. That's called your neighbors. Yeah, and those are people you're called to help. But friendship is a different thing. You're picking that person. You're yeah. saying I want to prioritize this relationship because it's going to get me somewhere that I couldn't get otherwise. Right. Right. So, and I think for for listeners who are bosses, it says hire people who are smarter than you. Yeah, um, a lot of people are so insecure; they want to get people that they are obviously the smartest person in the room, and their business is never going to improve. Yep. But by picking people who are smarter than you and people you can learn from, people who can do things better than you, uh, all it will benefit you. It'll benefit your business. Yep. It's good. So, um, third, avoid self promotion. Um, key way to, uh, if you're seeking um, excellence rather than fame, if you're seeking to be honored, uh, don't claim honor in the presence of a king. Do not stand in the place of great men, for it's better for it be said to you, come up here, than you should put be put lower in the presence of the prince. 
whom your eyes have seen. Remember when Jesus used that proverb at lunch at a Pharisee's? Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah, he, he saw all the guests were trying to get the best, the best seats, and he says, nah, you should sit at the lowest place. And then uh, if the, the, the host will come and say, no, you shouldn't be down there. You should be up here. You'll have honor in the sight of all. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but everyone who humbles himself will be exalted. Yeah. Yeah, honor, honor can only be earned. Yeah. In a sense, it can't be demanded. Right. And um, I think we live in such a self-promotional culture. Yeah. Uh, where you, you're supposed to hype yourself up in, yeah. in certain ways, yeah. you know, and yeah. and um, it never works. No, it, it it always undercuts your credibility when you oversell yourself, right, in a certain area, right, because you're cutting your own legs out from under you when you say I'm I am this competent or I am this good at this or I am an expert or anything. The, the true experts don't need to say anything, right, because they they just operate, and then you oh it's obvious to everyone. Yeah, this this you know, she knows what she's doing. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. Or he's this kind of person, you know? Yeah. Um, so no, it's key. And, and the Bible over and over again says, he who exalts himself will be humbled. He who humbles himself will be exalted. It is a law. It is, it is throughout the Old Testament. It is throughout the New Testament. That uh, if you promote yourself, you're, you're setting yourself up for a fall. That's yeah. the way it is. So avoid self-promotion. Yep. Um, Fourth, the next three verses in Proverbs 25 tell smart people uh, to uh, uh, gain, gain honor and respect by handling conflict uh, constructively. Hmm. And uh, I was reading one of the, the great battles that was ever waged in church wars was between the Puritans and the Quakers in 17th century England. And, and both, both groups were filled with very sincere believers but uh, the great Puritan preacher Richard Baxter uh, came out against uh, the Quakers. He called them drunkards, swearers, whoremongers, sens- sensual wretches, and other miserable creatures. <laughs> and so the Quaker leader announced <laughs> that he was compelled by the Spirit of Jesus to re- respond to these harsh accusations and characterize Baxter as a serpent, a liar, and a child of the devil, a cursed hypocrite, and a dumb dog. And these are two of the most godly men in church history, and all these. I'm pe- just sad about the lack of civility in our culture. Yeah, Matt. just the breakdown <laughs> yeah. of civility. Just uh, uh, oh, for the day when uh, chivalry and honor reigned, right? To yeah, the, yeah. So we have all these all these Englishmen who turned from the Puritans and from the Quakers, right? Because of these public fights that were going on. When they were actually very close in what they believed, yeah. they were just different, and so they completely lost their reputation because these two guys didn't know how to handle. Yeah. Con- so, so think twice before you tweet at each other. Exactly. Start going at like oh, other people are listening. Yeah, pick up the phone and yeah. have a conversation. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, some of the p- things that Solomon explains about managing conflict, he says, "Do not go out hastily to argue your case." Otherwise, what will you do in the end when your neighbor puts you to shame? Argue your case with your neighbor and do not reveal the secret of another, lest he who hears it reproach you and the evil report about you not pass away. So the the word shame, evil report, reproach, uh, showed that Solomon is still talking about reputation. That's, That's the theme here. And he gives two principles for handling conflict well. Don't be in a hurry. And keep the conflict private. Yeah. And uh, I think those are, those are vital. 
I, I know when I get exercised about something and I think I, I've got it and I go, go to battle, I always find I don't really know the situation. Yeah. I really don't know the whole picture. And I am always embarrassed because I am put to shame when I do that because I always come off, why didn't you wait? Why didn't you find it, get all the facts? Um, yep. Yeah, and anger is, um, your mind thinks very quickly in anger. Yeah. And you're judge, jury, and executioner, and you've come up with a ruling that needs to happen. And it's a real discipline to just be patient in the midst of conflict, to, yeah. to actually define the issue, here's what it is, define how serious the issue is, and then define what it would mean to resolve the issue. Yeah. That takes time. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, no, I think it's good. And to the second point, which is, you know, about keeping it private, I just think one of the things that will torpedo your reputation quicker than anything else is airing dirty laundry yeah. or, or, or trying to just even characterize other people a certain way. Yeah. Because whether you realize it or not, what everyone else is thinking when you do that is if you did it to them, you'll do it to me yeah. too. Yeah. And I, you're, you're not a reliable person. Yeah. You're not a per, you know, if this is how you handle conflict, well, if I'm in conflict with you, I already know what's going to happen. Yeah. No, we never uh, help our reputation by criticizing other people behind their back. Yeah. It, it just drags us down. Yeah. And, uh, oh, I have to remember that every day because... Uh, yeah. I like to give my, my observations and comments <laughs> about people, you know. And, uh, <laughs> you might call them judgments, not observations, but... Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm just exactly. I'm just a truth teller. I just speak reality. That's, that's not right. a that's not a judgment. It's that's just, right. I'm, I'm just describing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if you want a good reputation, keep your mouth shut. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's basically yeah, it. That, that is proverbs. And only argue with people when you have a case against them, and you've really sought th- thought through the case, and got all the information first, mm-hmm. and then go with them in gentleness. Yep. No, that's good. Finally, another key for winning friends and influencing people is remember that words have power. Yeah. Um, great power. I, I, I read about, uh, remember the Boxer Rebellion? I don't know if you remember that, but back in, uh, it was in China, when China was trying to get rid of the foreigners. They had this, this great rebellion against all these nationalists. And they, like it was yesterday, Dad. Yeah, I remember uh, was, the Boxer Rebellion. Yeah, no, I don't. Tell me more about the Boxer well, Rebellion. Well, the Boxer Rebellion was really yeah. interesting. It was, it was, uh, Gosh, what was it? Eight the eight late eighteen hundreds or so. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the, I I never knew how it started. How it started where there were there were four newspaper reporters in Denver, Colorado, who were having drinks, and they, there was no news, and so they began to say, "What if we make up some news?" <laughs> <laughs> and so they the four of them they were all from different newspapers, so they created this story about. Uh, that they they had met by chance some engineers who were traveling on their way to Beijing uh, because the uh, Chinese government was going to tear down the wall, the Great Wall of China, to, to, as symbolic that they wanted to, foreign investment to come in and stuff like this. And so so this begins to spread across the Western press, you know, one thing after another, and the Chinese find out about it, and uh, it, they get so incensed that it starts a rebellion there about how we're bending we're a government is bending to foreign influence and all this stuff and and uh twelve thousand troops from six countries had to squash the rebellion Jeez. it was it was an amazing thing all because of four reporters it just showed that that words are are not harmless words have power and uh yeah 
anyway. A lie gets halfway around the world before the truth gets its pants on. What's exactly. That yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. 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 So let's see. What have we got here? Next four verses deal with the effects of what we say and how we say it. Like apples of gold and settings of silver is describes a word spoken in right circumstances. <laughs> and uh, I know there's times I'm, I'm discouraged or distressed about something, and somebody will just, out of the blue, say something that will just kind of lighten the load or yeah. encourage me or something like that. that yeah. uh, there's nothing, it's like the voice of God. You, oh, you've forgotten this. And just... Uh, yeah. No, anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. Yeah. I can't think of how often that's been the case for me, too. Just getting good news yeah. is just is, yeah. is so uh, refreshing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, like earring of gold, an ornament of fine gold, is a wise reprover hmm. to a listening ear. Yeah. Um, picks out some of the most valuable jewelry of that time and things that really enhanced a woman's beauty. And it says, that's like someone who is wise who will show you where you're wrong. Yeah. And that's how much you'll prize them. It's yep. good. Good. Uh, like, how many more of these do you have? Um, just, just, a... just that we're done. Okay. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. But uh, just to see that you're, you can do great good, you can do great harm with your words. Yeah. And a person who wants to be respected, wants honor, needs to learn to control their tongue and use their tongue for good. Yeah. Not evil. I think that's the idea here. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, I think I, I was thinking about this more broadly. Like, what is it? Why Why should a, a believer ha- desire a good reputation? Mm. And um, it's just interesting to me when Paul lists um, qualifications for leaders in 1 Timothy 3. He starts and ends the list with a good reputation. Right. First, above reproach, which to me means that... Uh, no serious accusation can be brought against this person. Right. right. He's a person who's aware of his shortcomings and failures, and he's repenting of them. Right. And then at the end, it says, you know, that the person must be thought well of by outsiders to be a leader. Yeah. Uh, which means that this person has proximity to non-believers, yeah. and that non-believers hold him in high regard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and that's interesting in a culture that was hostile to Christianity. Right. I mean, this is a place where where there was real persecution going on, and yet Paul says. That um, that that the outside world's opinion actually carries weight yeah. with a leader because yeah. often they will be less charitable and more honest about a person's assessment, you know, yeah. than, than the church will, yeah. which, which might be more lenient. And yeah. so it's a real crucible of testing. And so I just think it's it's really important to say how how other people perceive me matters. Yes. Um. Yes. How how I land, how other how I'm regarded does matter. And uh, you can go off the end either way to say it all that matters is is what other people think of me, or to say it doesn't matter at all what other people think of me, which is kind of like a sociopath yeah. to say that, yeah. Uh, yeah. because we're relational creatures, and we learn things about ourselves based on how other people respond to us. Exactly. And it's instructive for us, so we can't just discount that, right. I think, is the thing I would say. And the other thing I would say is that if you, the reason you want honor is because you can't influence without honor. Right without a reputation. Right. You can't influence for the kingdom or for Christ unless people have some modicum of respect for you or right. regard or trust, and you're known as that kind of person. Yeah. You, you don't have credibility. You know, If I had no credibility, I couldn't get up on Sundays and talk to people. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you have to cultivate a reputation for that reason. Right. And so I think that's what I would say. And if, if you're concerned that you don't have a good reputation, well, you have to start where you are. 
You have to start by just being consistent in the place that God has put you and be faithful in the position you're in yeah. and build the reputation from there. Yeah. There's no shortcuts. Right. Yeah, I think you have to ask, would I rather be liked but not respected or would I be, rather be respected and not liked? Right. And, and I think you have to choose the latter. Yeah. And, and to say, Jesus said that if they love me, they'll love you. If they hate me, they'll hate you. But so it's not people thinking well of us, but it's thinking people thinking well. They they believe what they believe, and they're faithful to that. They're they're consistent with that. I have to I have to respect that. I don't yep. I don't agree with what they think. I I hate what they believe, but boy, they are, they are true to that. That's what's going to influence people far more than the Christian who's really wishy washy and obviously just wants to please people and is willing to bend their their. Um, their convictions to keep the peace. Yeah, and you can't trust that person. No, you can't trust a wishy-washy person because no. there's something inherently manipulative. Exactly about people who falsify their own preferences or never say what they really think. Yeah. Or you, they, you can't get a, a firm grasp on them. You just yeah. don't know where they stand. You don't know where you stand with them. Yeah, but because they they just seem to either be flattering or are are just never being forthcoming and plaintive about what they actually think. Yeah, and um, yeah. you know, to me, it's the difference between being kind and being nice. Yeah. That's good. Kindness is commanded. Yeah. Uh, but kindness is helpfulness. It's restraint. It's uh, yeah. niceness is this veneer often of pleasing, flattering, yeah. um, you know, uh, a manufactured happiness that um, people can see through after a exactly. while. Exactly. No, that's good. So, um, yeah. Well, thanks, Dad. Well, thank you. Hope this is helpful to people. Yeah, me too. I, it was helpful to me. Want a, want a, I want a good reputation. And uh, thanks, Dad. You have a good reputation. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> you do with me, buddy. Well, thank you. Know, you. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks, listeners. Hope something here was helpful. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon.